This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's, there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevatechurch.com. Hey, how is everybody today? You guys good? I hope so. I'm excited because uh, we are in this series called, called Fresh. And the reason why we're in a series called Fresh is because it's a fresh new year. And we like fresh new things. And everyone starts out at the beginning of the year kind of full of dreams, full of these ideas of things that can be different, things that can be changed in our lives. And so we get real excited about this blank slate opportunity as we run into the new year. Well, we're gonna get right into it today. And I would encourage you to take out a note card, take out your phone, take out whatever you want to take notes on, because we're going to cover a lot of ground. All right. So I'm going to need you to listen fast. Okay. Write down, take some notes, maybe jot down these scripture references as we go. So you can go back and look at them for yourselves. But here's our jumping off point. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, when someone becomes a Christian, like, when someone becomes a Christian, here's how many of us might finish that statement, and we might finish it in the wrong way. We might say things like, well, we go to church more. Or when you become a Christian, you get baptized. Or when you come, become a Christian, you know, you sing songs, you, you read God's, God's word more, but that's not what it says. We try to be a better person. We try to do all these things. It says, when you become a Christian, he's a brand new person. Say the next word out loud, inside. So it's not about this external change that happens. A lot of times we point to those things, but it's more about this internal thing that happens in our lives. We become a brand new person on the inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. It's new. That's what we like about a fresh start, about a fresh year, right? That, it, that it's new. We get this do-over. We get to hit the, the reset button, and many of us enter into a fresh near Fresh year with fresh hopes, with fresh dreams, with fresh resolutions, because we wanna see some things in our life change. Because maybe we feel stuck. Maybe we feel stagnant. And this idea of something fresh really is appealing to us. Something that we can grab a hold of. So here's what I'm holding to as the thesis for us today. In fact, uh, for the rest of this series, and I would encourage you to put this to the test. But the greatest change that you and I can make is not the change that takes place externally. It's not all the resolutions that, that you, you know, want to see accomplished. It's not exercising more. It's not eating better. It's not you know, leading your family better. It's not working on, on your finances. All of those are important. All of those hopefully are a byproduct because the greatest change you and I need to take place in our life is the change that takes place internally on the inside, that it starts there. And when you and I make the right change on the inside, it impacts everything on the outside. That's why far too many people fall into this resolution kind of dilemma, if you will, trying to affect change externally without doing anything 
internally. So there's no power to it. There's, there's nothing to, to keep you going. There's nothing to help you press on, right? There's, there's, there's just this, this history repeating itself that we fall back into the same patterns and we start you know, where we stopped about this time last year with our resolutions, which is not what I want for you. I want you to reach your goals. And this is why ultimately that only 8%, did you know this? 8% of all resolutions stick. That's it, 8%. Like the vast majority of them ending in the first couple weeks and then over like 70% ending after the first month. And with all my heart, I don't want that to happen. I want to see you reach your goals. I want to see you, you know, reach your full potential that God has for you. But the greatest change starts first inside, internally. Now this might sound like something a, a preacher would say, but it's true. That if you would focus solely on the spiritual component like, that's it. That if you would make this the best year of your life spiritually, that this really would be, in fact, the best year of your life. And that the spiritual has the ability to impact your exercise, your eating, your health, your finances, all these other things that we would like to see happen in our lives. So last week, we kicked this thing off with kind of a foundational teaching about, about faith. That it starts there, right, with a tiny little, little seed of faith, a little mustard seed, and you all took a little mustard seed home with you, this idea that we despise a lot of times, these small beginnings. Like we can hate on the seed, but we need to learn to look beyond the seed to the harvest that that seed will ultimately produce. And so I wanna continue that journey today and draw a connection between the spiritual and the physical, because here's the reality, many of us in this room, and if you're willing to be honest and raise your hand, made resolutions this year about our physical health and fitness. Anybody? Physical health resolutions, all right. All right, so some of you, okay. Like, we do this every year, I wanna eat better. I wanna go work out more, I wanna do these things. So, so what happens at the beginning of the year, we're like, all right, this is it, I'm going on a diet. And then we start looking at the calendar and think, wait, 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 wait. It's college football playoff season. I can't start a diet now. Right? I gotta wait until after the national championship game. And then we go, we watch the game on, on Monday, which was an awesome game, by the way. And then uh, like, we go, all right, well, this is it. And then we think, wait, 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 wait. You don't start diets on Tuesday. How ridiculous is that, right? You gotta start on a, on a Monday, so we wait the rest of the week, and then it's football playoffs, you know, and the Steelers play, and you know, we're like, I can't start a diet now. Or, or if you're like me, what I do is like, oh, I'm going to the gym, I'm gonna get back into the gym. So I go to the gym for like four hours straight, and I hit every machine, right, that there is, known to man, and I'm like, all right, I'm back, baby, I'm on it. And then two days later, I wake up, and I can't move my arms. Anybody else? Like, I'm like, Chris, I need you to drive. I can't drive anywhere. I'm like, come on, anybody with me on that? I went, to, I went to the doctor at the beginning of the year and he said my weight was fine. I was just three feet too short and that's really <laughs> the reality of it. But here's the deal. And here's why we're talking about this today. Because many of us do have these goals, uh, these things that we wanna change about our physical life. Maybe you wouldn't like them to change, but the reality is, for many of us, they need to change. And not just in areas of, of health or, or diet or fitness, but we have areas of our life, ultimately, that are out of control. It's out of control. 
And the reason that they're, they are out of control is because most of the time our body is in control. Our body is, is driving. Our body is calling the shots. We are being led by our, our senses. In fact, there's a, there's a word for this that you find in the Bible. It's a nasty little word. It's called debauchery. Everyone say debauchery. It'll show up in some lists in the New Testament over and over, but debauchery uh, simply means that it's an excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. In other words, your body's calling the shots. Your body is controlling. Your body is the CEO of you. It's mission control, and, and you're just giving into it. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you are a three-part being. Did you know that? You are body, you are soul, and spirit. And the body is the part that we all see, right? It's the, it's the flesh that we all see. And your body has desires. It has, it has sexual desires, uh, food desires, sleeping desires. You know, it needs those kind of breathing desires. You gotta breathe. And your body all day long is screaming at you, telling you what it wants next, right? Like all day long, I'm hungry. Or I need some water. I need to go to the bathroom. Like all these things that your body does all day long. But then you also have a soul, which is your emotional capacity, which are your, your feelings. And then you also have a spirit, which by the way, we are only the only part of God's creation with a spirit that God put a little bit of himself inside of. And this is the part of you, in fact, that's going to live forever. It's your, your spirit man, your spirit person on the inside of you. And here's the thing, all three of those, body, soul, and spirit, they wanna be in charge. They wanna be the head honcho. They wanna be calling the shots of your life. And I would submit that it's only when your spirit is in charge that you and I experience any kind of success in our lives. But your body wants to call the shots. And when your body you know, is calling the shots, by the way, it has complete disregard for the other two, for soul and spirit. Because your body doesn't care how God sees you. Your body doesn't care you know, about your spirit. All your body cares about is your body. Your body has cravings, right? Your body has, has these needs, has these desires. Your body walks around going, I can't get no, da-na-na, saddest, right? That's what your body's doing all the time, complete disregard for the other two. And when your body drives, you know, it doesn't care about your emotions. Your body doesn't care about your, your soul. In fact, your body can be so in control that, that it completely destroys your self-esteem, destroys everything about, and same goes for when your soul is in, in, in the driver's seat, that you're being led by your feelings, you're being led by you know, your, your emotions. Far too many of us, that's our reality when God wants our spirit to be leading. Now the Bible talks about this extensively, really in, in two different chapters uh, of a guy named the Apostle Paul who wrote these in Romans chapter seven and eight. And I would encourage you to go back and read through these. But Paul basically, in, in Romans seven, he, he tells us the way we feel. We say, man, we have this body, and he calls it a body of death. I have this body of death that's calling the shots, this body of death that's, that's leading me, that's in charge. Look at it with me in Romans chapter seven starting in verse 18, says, for I have the desire, and that's not many of our problems, we have the desire. Like the new year, right? We have the desire to work out. I have the desire to work out. I have the desire to eat better. I have the desire to, to not look at what I look at on the computer screen. I have the desire to stop smoking. I wish I didn't smoke. I have the desire you know, to, to live healthier, to make better choices when it comes to my eating. I have this, this desire, but I'm stuck. 
Like, I can't, can't do it. I can't carry it out. So what do I do? Verse 19, well I, well, I do exactly what I've been doing. And it's the evil that I didn't want to do. That's the thing that I keep doing. Now, if I do, do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I that does it, he says. Important phrase here, but it's the sin that's living in me. It's the sin that's living in me. He's discovered something here about his spiritual condition and the reason why his body, this external part of him, you know, he's under the control of is because things are out of order. That there's something else that's, that's driving, something internal. He said this sin is why I do it. It's, it's what's going on. He gets frustrated with himself. In verse 24, he says, what a wretched man I am. Anybody ever feel that way? Like, man, what's wrong with me? Like, he gets ticked off. Well, I hate the fact that I let my anger get the best of me. I hate the fact that I, that I click on what I click on. I hate the fact that I eat what I eat, whether I go where I go. I hate the fact that, that I have this desire to do things, but I can't seem to, to get them done. What a wretched man I am, he says. And how am I going to get over this? Who is going to rescue me from this body, this body that's taken over? This part of me, and I'm just sick of it. In fact, I want to dedicate today's message to everyone in this room who is frustrated physically. That you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. That something has to change in your life. He says, so, so what's the solution? What do I do? And here's what we say. Well, New Year's resolutions. That's the solution, right? To try harder. To get an accountability partner. To work out more, you, you, you would think that that's what he says. He says, no, the secret is I need to get Jesus alive and involved in my life. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, that's the secret. That's where I need to start. And so in the entire next chapter of Romans 8, and again, I encourage you to write it down and read through it this week. He talks about living this life in the spirit. You know, he says life in the spirit leads to, to peace, in fact, I'll give you one verse. Romans 8, chapter five says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who's letting their body call the shots, those who are letting the body lead, the body be the dominant you know, force in their life, give in, have their minds set to what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Here's a question. Are you letting your flesh keep you from fresh? Is that what's going on? This year, make it a commitment. Man, not this year. I'm not gonna let my body call the shots. We, we used to play this game growing up. How many of you play the game King of the Hill? Anybody play King of the Hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we played this in Arkansas, right? This is like a backwoods kind of game. And all you need are some kids and a mound of dirt. So like super easy game to play, right? And what happens is you get up to the top of the hill and everybody tries to pull you down, right? And so some kid's grabbing your leg, kicking him in the face, right? Saying, get up off of me. Someone else pulls you down. I mean, it's a dangerous game when you think about it. And it just like throws kids off the hill. Hey, hey, who wins the game king of the hill? Come on, come on, let's play along. Who wins? Yeah, the biggest and the strongest. Who's gonna win? the game of your life as it relates to body, soul, and spirit. The biggest and the strongest. 
And so with all my heart, I'm just trying to stir inside of you this, this idea to strengthen your spirit, to, to, to have your spirit be the one controlling you, your spirit man. And if you're here today and you like the way your life is, you're okay with your flesh leading, you're okay with your body leading, then, then hats off to you, best of luck to you. But when the body calls the shots, when the body is king of the hill, a few things happen. The first is this, jotted down, when the body is king of the hill, destruction is inevitable. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And here's what you need to know. For those of you that are followers of Jesus, and I recognize that's not everyone in the room, and that's okay, we're so glad that you are here kicking the tires of this thing called Christianity and trying to find out what church is all about. This is a safe place. You are welcome to come kick the tires as long as you want. But for those of you that are followers of Jesus, you have a spiritual enemy. In fact, he can't keep you out of heaven because you've surrendered your life to Jesus, but his goal, Jesus tells us, is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy you. He wants to derail you. He wants to pollute your mind. He wants to, he wants to take you off course, do anything he can so that you don't reach your full potential. That's why we cannot let the body be king of the hill. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 very interesting phrase Paul tells us here is, everything is permissible for me, but it's not all good. Like everything's permissible. Like I can eat Skittles. I just can't eat six trillion Skittles, right? Everything is permissible, but it doesn't mean it's good. It's not beneficial. Every, he says it again, everything is permissible. Look at this, but I'm not going to allow myself be, what's that word? Mastered by anything. Hey, let's get real honest with yourselves today. What's mastering you? Is it lust? Is it pornography? Is it food? Is it your image? Is it your pride? Like we, we get mastered by things. That's why I love a new year, right? I love this, this idea of a fresh start because we've just come out of like the most indulgent season of the year where if you were like me, if, if I saw it, I ate it. Like, right, I'm on, I'm on a seafood diet. That's it. Like, because if they were serving it, I'm eating it. I don't care because I don't want to insult the cook. I'm like, fine, bring it on. Let's go. And then we go places. We do things. We, we schedule too much time. We, we just run all over the place. It's a really indulgent time of year. And it couldn't come this new year, this fresh start at a better time. In fact, here's what I want to invite you to do. And we're not gonna be posting about it. We're not gonna put it up on social media. I'm challenging you to take the next five days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're like, awesome, Pastor Colby can count. Way to go. Five days and fast something. Just five days. This is gonna be a fast fast, all right? Five-day fast. And I would encourage you to make it a food fast of some sort. Like a meal, take a meal, just maybe fast all, all together. You're like, well, what does fasting do? Here's what fasting does, as simply as I can put it. Fasting um, means taking the focus off of body and off of soul and putting it on, on spirit. That, that's what it does. 
In fact, we're always feeding all three of these. All of us are. And we're trying to feed our spirit. And that's why you're here today. You're, you're, you're feeding your spirit as well. But the thing is, you're feeding body and soul too. And when you fast, you're starving one and feeding the other. So it kind of puts it on hyperdrive to where you're, you're more intentional. You're, you're, your body is suffering so you can focus more on what God is telling you. And I'm just, I'm encouraging you to like put something aside something that is mastering you for the next five days and fast. Because if you're like me, you're tired of being mastered by something. And if your body is king of the hill, it's going to destroy you. You have to fight. You have to fight. You gotta kick that little dude down and be like, you're not gonna be the king of the hill. The second thing that happens when body's king of the hill is it weakens my witness. What's that all about? What do you mean this weakens my, my witness, Colby? What I'm trying to do is stir a new motivation in you for spiritual fitness, for having God really be the king of the hill in your heart. And you need to know that, that people are watching you. What do you mean people are watching me? People are judging me? This is what I hear all the time. Don't you judge me. Judge yourself. Don't, don't be judging me. You know, look at your own, your own stuff. You know, don't, don't be looking at my stuff. And listen, if that's the way you feel, that's fine, but that's not biblical. I need you to know the, what the Bible says is let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So they may see your good deeds and they'll go, man, I want what you have. I want which, what you have, and it glorifies, it praises God in heaven. Your life was meant to be a billboard constantly pointing to Jesus. In fact, one of my favorite verses in 2 Corinthians 8, 21 says, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in men. The eyes of men, I know you're watching. I know you're looking at me. So live your life in such a way that is so attractive to people that they would say, man, something's different about you. I know what you're going through. I know what you're experiencing. There's no way you should have joy. There's no way you should have the peace that you have. What is going on? And you're like, well, I'm not letting my body lead. I'm not letting my emotions lead. It's just nothing is mastering me except Jesus. That's it. That's it. When our body is king, it'll weaken our witness. And the third thing that happens is that when my body's king of the hill, it dishonors God. I don't know if you realize this or not, uh, the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And this might be a, a new idea for many people, but this building that we're sitting in, like it's just a building. It's just a shell. Like, there's nothing sacred about it. There's nothing holy about it. In the Old Testament, God dwelt in buildings. Like we built temples and that's where, where God would be. In the New Testament, he's like, hey, that whole temple thing didn't work. So I'm going to make your body my temple. I'm going to live inside of you. I can't live outside of you anymore. I need to live inside of you. And when we take what God has given us, this body, and we treat it and misuse it or abuse it in certain ways, it's not honoring God. You know how some people will go into a church and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll treat it a little more uh, reverently. Maybe they'll take off their hat. Maybe they'll act with a little more honor or respect Hey, what if you saw your body that way? Like, how would that, what choices, what different choices would you make if you saw your body as a temple, 
as something to be honored, as something to be treated with respect, to not be uh, misused or abused, that this is God's house. First Corinthians 6.15 says, do you not know, uh, as if to say we don't, we don't get this, that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? He says, never, never. So what do we do? Well, I'm calling us to a new level of fitness. That's why we're calling this today fresh fitness. Fresh fitness. And it's not about going to the gym. It's not about your eating habits. It's not about working out more. All those things are good, and we should do those but it's about making our bodies fit in a fresh way. It's about this internal change that impacts our external lives. An alternate title would be, don't let your flesh keep you from fresh. Write that down if you want to. And here's the promise, that this will give power to your exercise. See, we don't, we don't always draw this conclusion. We don't always make this connection that the spiritual impacts the physical. This gives power to your exercise. This gives power to your, to your ability to, to steward your finances. This gives power to, to leading your family well, to accomplishing all these other things that we want to accomplish when we treat our bodies a little bit differently and realize the connection between the spiritual and the physical. And I wanna show it to you in 2 Timothy Chapter two, I told you there's gonna be a lot of scripture. By the way, there's about 24 references that I'm using today, all right? I love God's word, and so write it down. Write it down. Make sure you go through all these and can hit them during this week as well. This is what he says. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth. Let's bring this up today. In your house, you have fine china, and you got paper plates, right? And you treat them differently. Like for some of them, you might hand wash, you might hand dry, you might put away in a special cabinet, a special special place. Kristen and I, we had China, you know, on our registry when we got married like 20 years ago. And I think we got two plates or something like that. I don't know. We don't do anything with them. They're just sitting there. But, but some of you have China and China cabinets and things you put in, but then you have paper stuff that you use once, right, and you, you toss it. You get rid of it. You don't see it as special. You don't see it as, as valuable. And he says, you are that way, that in your house, in a, in a great house, in your life, you're one of those two vessels. And some are to give honor, and some are to give dishonor. And then he says this, if a man purge himself from these, from the paper stuff, from realizing that or treating your body like it's not the temple of God when it is. If you purge yourself from, from doing the things that, that you do or going to places that we go or, 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 or looking at the things that we, we look at, you wouldn't treat it that way. You wouldn't treat your body this way. You might, not, you might not eat it. You might not do it. If you saw it a little differently, it says if you purge yourself from these things, ultimately he shall be a vessel, honor and sanctified, fit for the master's use. I'm calling us to spiritual fitness that impacts our physical fitness. That it starts there, that God wants us to be fit. And again, put this to the test. Like go try this for yourself, add this to every aspect of your life and the result will be that you are fit for the master's use and prepared for every good work. Alternate title number two, fit for the king, 
not to be king yourself, all right? And here's how we know this. For physical training, he says, has some value. It's good. Go to the gym. Get your swell on. Hurt yourself. Fine. You know, it's going to have a limited amount of success. It has some value, but godliness has value for all things, every area of your life. It's gonna impact everything, holding promises for both, watch this, the present and the life to come. In other words, the spiritual not only impacts your eternal life, which it does, which we look forward to that one day, but also this present life so that you can live this full, abundant life that God has for us. So I wanna give you four questions, four little seeds to be planted today. Write these down and prayerfully respond to them this week as it relates to our spiritual fitness impacting our physical fitness. The first question is this, am I giving up daily? And underline daily, circle daily. Am I surrendering daily? Am I offering to God daily? Maybe you didn't realize that this is something that God asks us to do. In Romans 12, one, it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because all of he, that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way we worship him. So God sees this as, as worship. And you might say, all right, well, what does that look like? I mean, let's be practical. I love practical. How does, what does it look like for me to give my, my body to God daily? This is literally an exercise I go through most every single day of my life. And, and again, daily is the key. Because some of you might get fired up about this today and forget about it tomorrow. This happens daily. I'm not, I literally start it in my head and I'm like, all right, God, today, like one of the first things in the morning, I give you my mind. Like, God, take my mind. Let me have the, the mind of Christ. Let me, according to Philippians 4, think on things that are lovely, on praiseworthy, that are excellent, right? Things, things of value and honor. God, take my mind. Let me focus on, on having the mind of Christ. And then I work my way down. Give me, give me your eyes to see things, God. Like, keep me, as Job would say, from, from making a covenant with my eyes to look lustfully at another woman. God, don't let me do it. Like, I'm just as much a man as any man in this room. Is. And so that's what I pray every day. I wanna make a covenant with my eyes. God, help me to flee from sexual immorality as best I, I can. God, Proverbs 4, you know what? I, I wanna look straight ahead, not to the right, not to the left. I wanna need to put blinders on. Some of you guys, this is a battle for you. You're frustrated over it. You're like, I can't do this. You start here every single day giving it over to God, and then I work my way down like to, to my ears. God, help me to have ears that hears the voice of your spirit, that still, small voice, the whispers, that the voice behind me would say, don't go that way, don't go that way. You know, look straight ahead, go straight ahead. He's just leading me, guiding me. Give, me. give me ears to hear. Give me a mouth, God, that would only be used to build people up, not tear people down, according to Proverbs 4.29. Say things that are a blessing to others, not that it's gonna destroy them but just be a, a blessing. And I keep going and give you my hands, God. Like I wanna be put to, to work that things that are gonna honor you, that'll bless you, the work of my, my hands. And then I say, you know, I wanna give you my, my rock hard chiseled abs, God. <laughs> just making sure some of you are awake, right? I say, give you my body. Let me sacrifice it to you. God, help me to, to remain pure. And then I say, my feet. 
Like, don't let my feet go off course. God, don't let me go places that I shouldn't go, but keep my steps ordered. Let me keep my divine appointments. Are you guys with me on this? That took, what, three minutes? Like, do that in your car. Do that in the shower. Do that when you wake up every single day. And here's my promise to you. You will start to see the body, the controlling part of your life, start to, to, to get less and the spirit part of your life starting to control more. If you do that every single day, I'm just encouraging you to strengthen that spiritual part of your life. I'm looking for where I am. All right, the second thing. Second thing is this. Am I getting away weekly? Am I... Shabbating. What? Can you say that? I don't even know if that's an accurate way to say it. But am I getting away weekly? Here's what I'm talking about. I'm convinced. I'm really convinced that a lot of the spiritual unhealth and the physical unhealth that we have is because we're violating the principle of the Sabbath. That we're not really taking, and I'm not talking about coming to church for an hour. Like, listen to my heart on this. It's not about showing up an hour a week and praising God and, you know, and, and then taking off. I'm talking about a day that we set aside. And we don't, we don't Sabbath because we're tired. We Sabbath so we can have, have uh, our, our week in front of us, that we can pour more energy into it. But setting aside this, this day uh, to God, just saying, God, I give you all of this. Some of you, you're not stopping to slow down enough at all. Even for like a minute, like Pop-Tarts are your go-to meal because you can get them like quick, right? Open them bad boys up, pop them in a toaster for like 30 seconds and you're gone. Like, cause you have to eat that fast. In fact, this is what I found out uh, from a comedian that Pop-Tarts actually have microwavable directions on them. Hey, 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 if you have to microwave Pop-Tarts, if you can't sit for 30 seconds, you can only sit for three seconds, that you're that busy, like, Dang, right? Like something's gotta change in your life. But some of you are never stopping enough to rest. What's, what's the solution? Man, take a break. Unplug. Get off social media. Get off Facebook for, for a day. Do, do something where you say, God, this, this time is all yours. And I'm not saying you spend it, you know, 24 hours, you know, in God's word. I'm just saying, I mean, you just set everything else aside. Enjoy your family. Just spend that with, with your family and God Together, this is huge. Isaiah 58, 13 tells us this. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing things as you please on my holy day, on the Lord's holy day, honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing things as you please, or speaking idle words, keep going, then, notice this is Conditional. If you do this, if you keep this, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you, I love this, to ride on the heights. Hey, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for us. That's, by, that's why we call this Elevate Church because we want God to elevate us, right, to new heights, to rise on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. And then just in case you missed it and you don't see the importance of it, the mouth of the Lord, he says, has spoken. Hey, some of you, this is why you're here today. Let this be a prophetic word for you, that you need to rest. Like you're never gonna find this success in your physical health and well-being until you set this aside and you honor God. You find this, this spiritual 
rest as well. The third question you need to ask yourself is, am I living purposefully? So am I giving daily? Am I getting away weekly? Am I living purposefully? Here's what I've noticed about physical fitness. It's always better if you know why you're on this earth. It's always better if you know like why God has put you on this planet because you need your body, right, to pull it off. You need to know why you're here. Some of you would say, I have no idea why I'm on this earth. I have no idea what difference I'm supposed to make. I have no idea the impact that I'm supposed to have. And I don't know if that's you or not. In fact, it's getting a little more rare around here to find people who don't know the purpose because we emphasize this so much. But you need to know, if you want a fresh start, you want a fresh new year, you need to know why you're on this earth. You need to know that at the end of your life, you accomplished what God has in front of you, what God has put before you. And I'm telling you, this will give power to your physical life. It will change everything. But Proverbs 29 says, where there's no vision, not in your notes, people cast off restraint. Hey, where there's no vision to do something, you're gonna eat what you want. You're going to click on what you wanna click on. You're gonna go where you want, because why not? You don't have a vision for better. You don't have a vision for anything else in your life. You're gonna cast off restraint, but we can't live our lives that way, because do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? So church, man, let's run this race in such a way as to get the prize. For everyone competes in the games, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like a man running. Say the next word, aimlessly. Hey, are you running around aimlessly? Let's be honest. Because many of us, life is a moving target. Somebody asks you to do something, sure, why not? Hey, can, you, can your kids be a part of this team? Sure, why not? You know, do you wanna, you wanna get on board with me in this, this sales thing or with this club thing or, or you wanna do this, 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 this group thing with me? Sure, sure, sure. We're running around with no aim to our lives, no purpose. Don't let that be said of us. We don't wanna run aimlessly. We wanna know why we're on this planet. I don't fight like a man punching nothing, not beating the air, no. I beat my body and make my body a slave so that after I've preached to others, he says, I will not be disqualified for the prize. I'm just encouraging you to live purposefully, live intentionally, like be fight ready and prize focused, right? Let's, let's get ready for what God has for us. And the last one here, I'm gonna have the band come back out. We're gonna shut this thing down, but don't put your things away yet because I just wanna say something to you. Am I honoring fully? Last question. Am I honoring fully? This for me, really is one of my greatest motivations because I remember what God saved me from. I remember that Colby's actions were leading him on a one-way trip to being separated from God forever. But then I also realized that God sent his son, his best, his first, his only to pay for my sins, and I think about that. And I think, my, my firstborn son is sitting right over here. Dang it, I might start to cry, I don't wanna do that. But I've thought about this many times. Would I do that? Would I give my first and best just so you could be closer to God? I don't, I don't see how I would do that. 
But God did that for me. And the Bible tells us that don't you know this body that you have, and it's really the only one you have, it's the only one you get, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. And you're not your own. He says, you have been bought with a price. And I think about that price. He says, therefore, honor God with your body. Every day I live with this reality that Jesus paid for me. So my only response is to do everything I can in return to live for him. That he broke the chains in my life. That he set me free. That he established my feet on on a path that, that he put my heart upright towards him, that he reached down and picked me up. And so the only thing that I can do is with the rest of my life, honor God fully. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? I promise you the spiritual impacts all of this. As you give yourself daily, as you get away, you rest with God weekly, as you live with purpose in your heart and in your life, and then as you honor God fully. Let's do this, bow your heads, and let's just take a moment and prayerfully just respond to these questions in your own life. And be honest with yourself, who's, who's driving? Body, soul, spirit. What are you being mastered by? What is it that God is saying, hey, the reason you can't fix your eyes on me is because your eyes are fixed on, you fill in the blank. Because today I think God wants to not give us a spirit of fear, but to set us free for us to start fresh, for us to let go of these things that are holding on to us so tightly, for us to put our focus in his spirit and his spirit alone, that we would battle against these earthly, fleshly desires that we have, that we would see our bodies the way he sees them as a temple that are worthy of honor, that are worthy of value, that are worthy of respect, that he's only given us one to run this race with. So man, we train, we work hard, but we understand that it begins with this seed being planted internally first. The Spirit of God leading and guiding each one of us. So for you, what is it that's mastering you? And here's while we're praying. For those of you that you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you say, I can't give daily because I've never done it before. Hey, let this be the day that you start fresh. Let this be the day that you honor God with your life and understanding that he paid the ultimate price for you. If, if something's value is based on, on how much somebody's willing to pay for it, he paid so much for you, his first and best, so that you could be in a relationship with him. This is, again, not about this building. This is about a relationship with God, and it starts there. And for those of you that say, that's, that's where I am at today, Colby, I need that. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. Maybe you've surrendered your life to God, but you know you're not living that way. And you want to recommit that today. Or, or for the first time, 
You wanna confess Jesus as Lord? The way we do that is through prayer. We recognize that he gave everything for us and so we surrender our lives to him. And the most important part about this prayer is just believing it in your heart. You can pray something as simple as this. Pray it with me out loud or whisper it in your heart. God knows where you are. Jesus, today, I surrender everything to you. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being bound by my own shame, by my own guilt. And God, today, I surrender to your spirit. I'm asking your spirit to be the dominant presence in my life. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for paying for it on the cross with your death. And God, thank you that you conquered it and came back to life so that I could have this new life. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you prayed that with me, would you just shoot up your hand? I wanna pray for you right where you are right now. Come on, just lift it up high, hands all over this place, just in an act of surrender, saying, Jesus, today, I'm giving you my all. Jesus, today, I'm starting fresh. Jesus, today, take this life. God, I pray right now for every person in this room with hands up, surrendered to you, that you would take what you've planted in their heart today and that you would see it become filled God with your spirit with your life in Jesus name amen come on church let's celebrate big we're always encouraged to know that God is using elevate to bless people's lives if you have a story about how God is working in your life share your story online at elevatechurch.com